had this is definitely an episode that I'm excited about because I have a close friend here and her story I'm telling you you guys will be inspired but also encouraged that you can live the life you want so let's get into it Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Diaspora Daughter Podcast. I am your host, Mojisala Nduque, Yoruba by birth, Igbo by marriage, your fellow African flower on American soil. And I'm here with my longtime friend, Kalane, Kalane Abe. <laughs> and I wanted to have this conversation with Kalani because we were having a full conversation before this recording even started but Kalani is somebody who has defied all odds like I met her in college as a student athlete and we connected off there but from then like the amount of things Kalani has accomplished is uncountable undefeatable and on top of all her accomplishments, she's still well-traveled. This girl can party. She can enjoy herself. And, you know, she really shows that you can work hard and play hard, too. So, welcome to the podcast, Kalani. Thank you, Momo. It's a pleasure to be here. And as much as Momo thinks I'm amazing and I am inspiring, I would love to say the same about my dear friend here. Both as a friend, a mother, and a wife, so... All you podcast listeners are very lucky to have her. But yeah, happy to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Kalani, I've given kind of like uh, the baseline or kind of given them, you know, something to lean in on in regards to your story. Mm -hmm. So tell us about yourself. Yeah, yeah. So Nigerian, DC born, PG raised. But you guys know those kids that were sent back to Nigeria because they kept getting in trouble. I was the poster child for that, so <laughs> though I lived here primarily in the States for about two years uh, when I was 14, around 16, I actually went to secondary school, boarding school in Akwaibom, so not your like QC, mm -hmm. no, I was deep inside, um, but I think like that was foundational too, <laughs> to who I am today. And so upon returning back to the States from boarding school, did finish up my high school here at Laurel High School in Prince George's County. And then I went to UMBC where I met our lovely podcast host, um, studied healthcare administration and policy, went to work at a healthcare tech and research firm, and did that for about three years. And then really got to a point in my life where I was like, okay, so like now what? Mm -hmm. I started to realize, and I think the reason why, and Momo I know feels the same about why we studied healthcare administration and why we were on some of that track in UMBC was like, you know, thinking through how do we make life better for other people? And mm -hmm. in our head, naturally, it was through healthcare. Mm -hmm. And I worked at a healthcare place, and I was like, there has to be more impactful work that I can do. And so I had started doing some pro bono work on behalf of my firm, working with, like, local nonprofits. And then I got to a place where I realized I like doing that more than my job. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, how do I make this my life? How do I make this the focal point of what I do each and every day and what drives me? And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to business school. Um, and I'm the kind of person where, like, if I, I set a goal for myself, and sometimes it's not the best strategy, but I'm, like, laser-focused in on it. Mm -hmm. And so I applied to two schools, and they were the two top ten schools, very competitive schools, applied, God willing, got on the wait list for one, but then a full ride to the other. And so just this past May, I graduated from the University of Michigan. Go Blue. Um, great experience. It ain't Ross, though. It ain't Ross, though. <laughs> and if anybody tell you different, they lying. <laughs> Um, and so graduated from the great business school that is the Ross School of Business and pivoted into working at a strategy consulting firm called the Boston Consulting Group. And you know, A top consulting firm, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's been a journey. It's been a ride. But I think like moments like these and reconnecting with my friends and seeing that we're all accomplishing the things is what keeps me going. And I'm so excited to see what else Mo and I do. So yeah, happy to like talk through anything. Open book. I love books. So like... <laughs> Yeah, I remember even when you started the book club. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. Now, we've heard a few, just of, of the skim of 
Kalani's accomplishments. Okay. Now let's kind of backtrack. You are the first daughter mm-hmm. amongst your siblings. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to hear more about like how has that navigated yeah, your yeah, trajectory? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I should have mentioned the reason why my mom panicked and threw me to Nigeria was because she was raising us all on her own. And in her mind, it's like, I can't control what this girl is doing while I'm not here, while I'm working these jobs, while I'm trying to provide a way to feed my family. So let me go and let the hostel masters do it for me. And so that's that's kind of what shifted me there. And I think like being the first daughter, it definitely is a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And you know it, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a lot of pressure. You're like the, the first mommy. Like there are times where my mom comes to me, mm-hmm. like she'll tell my sister, go and ask your sister mm-hmm. for things, right? And so when you have that kind of pressure, and, and it's good because it drives you, right? Yeah. I think it compels you to want to be successful and think about how you make success like seem attainable for your your siblings and for people coming up after you but in some ways it can be a little bit of a burden Mm -hmm. um and sometimes it feels like the burden only increases as you accomplish more because right it's just like it's with life the bar just keeps getting higher so that i think has been one thing that has driven me and despite like any sort of burden i may feel sometimes with having this pressure like my mother is my best friend in the whole wide world yes. and that is I my like girl. relationship too that is my girl like mo was sitting in my house and i'm five minutes from my mommy and i'll never grow up so like <laughs> despite you know feeling that pressure and despite being the the first daughter and feeling like i'm the and even the dynamic in my house and like my brother's older than me but like he's a bit more he's more of a reticent person and so mm-hmm. people always think i'm the oldest i'm the like the kind of the like sibling figurehead but even still like i still have never felt like i was not supported even mm-hmm. though i even though my back sometimes would, would be heavy because of the burden, it was always really good to just pass a pound to my mom. So, yeah. like, I, I still think I, I grew up in a way that was hard at times. Yeah. But never once did I feel a lack of love or support. Mm, and that's awesome. And, you know, even as you're mentioning that, I'm even thinking, like, I too, like, my brothers are elder, are older than me. But I feel this weight as being the first daughter mm-hmm. to, like, always like supersede everyone's expectations and even when you were speaking of you know your mom sending you to nigeria like my parents never sent me back <laughs> to nigeria but we did have that kind of similarity in regards to like all right you're heading down a track that we don't like yeah. for me it was ass whoopings like <laughs> will knock your head i, I got that too <laughs> that that was a prequel to me getting on a plane to nigeria no i got that too yeah, but it's like, you know, having that experience kind of just like shifted gears for me. And I was like, okay, mm, all right. I can even, I can either go down the bad paths <laughs> or I can go up the good paths. Mm-hmm. And which one do I want to take? And, you know, as you're speaking about your experience and that burden and the responsibility that has been placed on you, you honestly can go either way. And yeah, I, I think, sure. you know, that one thing that I always credit going the right path to is literally the grace of God. Yeah. Like, yeah. honestly, sometimes you, it's not by your own power. Like, it just, you know, certain experiences that you have redirect you to the path that yeah. God actually wants you to be Absolutely. on. But, um, you know, when you came back from Nigeria, entered into lower high school, were you in track then? Or did yeah, so I, I came back my 10th grade year, and before we move on, I do I did want to say, like, I feel like, even though, like, Nepa would take light, we struggled, we fighting, like, people would steal my water at night, it was definitely a hard time, but I think even that experience is a privilege in itself, mm. because to your point about going either, like, the divergent paths, what stopped, what stopped us is having parents that cared enough, right? Yeah. And, like, sometimes I think about the outcomes of other people that might not have had such support, mm-hmm. and, you know, back then, I was like, ah, my mom can't love me if she's sending me. Like, yeah. there's no way. How can you see your child suffering like this and you're sleeping at night? Like, you know, in my <laughs> but mind. But who's to say she's even sleeping? You she know? wasn't, though. She wasn't. That's the narrative that we create. And it's right, because as a child, you know no different. And it's mm-hmm. so funny because, like, my mom begged me to come back. I wanted to stay in Nigeria. Huh? Because you get so used to this life. Mm-hmm. You have your friends, you adjust, you mm-hmm. make it work, and it's like, okay, just kidding, come back. And it's like, no, girl, you sent me here, bye. Like, mm-hmm. I'm stay. So, yeah, it's, it's funny because, like, even in despite, like, being deep inside the bush and, like, not having some of the luxuries that I feel like I had in America, I still recognize the privilege of being able to even step outside, mm-hmm. recalibrate, mm-hmm. and come back and like kind of start afresh and mm-hmm. like be headed in the right direction that I was previously deferred from. So yeah. I just wanted to say that piece. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And 
I don't know, even as you're speaking of just that experience in Nigeria, like I feel like for me, just having the people that I had around me really is what kind of like cradled me culturally. Mm. Because sometimes, you know, especially being born and raised in the States, you kind of just geared towards that American side for some people, yeah. not everybody. But for you, you had that experience in a quiet and you held strong to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So bringing that back here, you know, I feel like I'm jumping the course now because I really want to get into how you... Because we're going to use You know, okay, let's go back there because how that really shaped you into even getting into track, I would assume, like having that experience back home, I would assume made you look at life's course differently yeah. differently and probably yeah. is one of the foundational reasons of why you are li- like even when Kalani was talking about Kalani is somebody who you can't steer her differently and I mean I feel like I have those characteristics too but I'll be honest and, and vulnerable and transparent and say that I probably don't aim as high when it comes to things as you do so just having those, even knowing, okay, these are the two schools, that, and I almost get into these schools, you know? So having that type of mindset and goals and then achieving them, I would assume that really even came from there. So Yeah. As much as I love Nigeria, I will give it that credit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will credit that to my mother, honestly. Mm, like, okay. I think there's something about seeing the sacrifice somebody makes day in day out mm-hmm. that makes you understand like the top really is the destination mm-hmm. like there's no other place that makes sense like there's nothing else that could I think return to her mm-hmm. the investment she made if I don't try to do the very best mm-hmm. I can do it. you know so I think that's what drove me mm-hmm. now Nigeria helped me because as we we're talking about you know the road was turning a little <laughs> bit it helped me to straighten up but mm-hmm. like no, I think I always had that. And I think coming back, what Nigeria did expose me to is, like, again, I, I talked a bit about the privilege piece, but also sometimes you realize the futility in, like, the things you used to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. why am I, like, why, why? am I, yes. You know, like, I got to Nigeria, and, like, I would come back to, like, we would be in school, and even something so simple as like, people talking back to the teacher, I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. there's somebody that's teaching you, like, mm-hmm. why are you ta-? You know, it's like you start to realize things so differently. Yeah. And because of that, I became weight, and I, I wouldn't say that I wasn't focused in school because I was always very smart, I always did very well. Mm-hmm. But like all the social things that used to like pull me pull away from my academics, it just was like, if it's not like, don't get me wrong, you you know me very well. I'm all about having a good time, but like there were certain behaviors that I started to realize like are beneficial. Getting, yeah, yeah. You know, like this is not getting me anywhere. What's the point? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what my like shift come, came into, and like even with running track, I kind of stumbled upon that. Oh, okay. I, like, I, I did enter house sports in school, shot. Like, mm-hmm. I, I ran in school in the uh, boarding school in the bar- yeah. Right, but like, shout out to the Red House. <laughs> but like, I didn't, I wasn't as intentional about sports. Mm-hmm. But coming back, I don't even know how I got into it. It was just like, okay, this is something I can like spend my time doing. Mm. My mom like works so like she can't like always be around after school. So it's like, okay, school work has finished. What's yeah, this? what's you know? Okay. So it was like something, something to, to do. Busy. Yeah, yeah. Something, to do. something to keep me busy. Had no idea that it would turn into like me going to school, you know, like all yeah. those things. But yeah, yeah, I think that plays a part into just aligning with your destiny mm-hmm. because, um, I don't know if this is too personal, but like, did you get a scholarship in mm-hmm. UMB? Yeah, so it's like you know that initial experience really played into yeah. you going to the schools that you went to, having the experience, and then your trajectory going on from there, but. So let's speak about Kalani past UMBC. Mm-hmm. So I mean, even in UMBC, like Kalani was always somebody. I'm speaking as if you had no here, <laughs> but you've always been somebody who like was high achieving. Mm-hmm. But we will also see you at like all the parties, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the parties, and I think. You are the true definition of you can work hard and play hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, expand on that. Expand mm-hmm. on that experience for you in the beginning mm-hmm. and how that has kind of shaped the course of your life. Yeah. And so, actually, my, well, my motto is work hard, play harder, because I did not come to this life to only walk. <laughs> but, but I think, so there's a, there's a couple of pieces to it. So I think one thing that's been very important for me as I like continue to be blessed with the things I have and with the opportunities is to make sure that 
I don't make success look unattainable to people. Mm. Like to me, that's very important, right? Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes people have an idea of what success looks like or what it looks like to be very intellectual, mm-hmm. and it seems so abstract, right? Yeah. Like, as a child, you could look at somebody's like, oh, I can never be that person because mm-hmm. it just feels different. Yeah. And so they for look me, different, they act, they act different. different. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's part of it. I want to make sure I still am real to who I am, so that somebody else can look at me and be like, She's cool. She's on earth. I can do this. Mm-hmm. And it even like manifests in different ways. So for example, whenever I go to like um, mentor, do different things. I'll wear like my J's, my Jordans. Mm-hmm. I'll be I'll dress in a way that is like relatable to them. Mm-hmm. Because again, like I want to make sure I don't look too different that it doesn't feel like you can't get here too. Yeah. So that's one part of it. And then the other part of it is like I honestly think growing up in PG County is what makes me that way. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there's such a duality. Not even duality. There's a plurality, I think, in being black when you grow up somewhere like yes. here. Mm-hmm. Like, you got the, like, the black excellence of the black excellence. You got mm-hmm. the trap of the trap. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and everything in between, right? Yeah. So you're very heightened to what it means to be black on multiple facets. Yes. And you're like... I could pick and choose. You really. could pick and choose. You, you, the, the opportunities are endless. It's funny because one of Andrew's friends friends used to call me PGDC. <laughs> he used to be like, oh, you so PGDC. And I'm like... That's low-key true. Like, back then, I would, like, I, even I still have my polo boots to this day. Yes. This, this one girl, I was wearing polo boots in Harris Teeter, and she was like, I used to wear them Johnson's <laughs> I was, when I was, like, 12. Whole time, she's probably, like, 17, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, I'm probably, like, 15 years older than you at the end of the day. But then she made me realize I need to retire those polo boots. But <laughs> at the same time, you know, like, just as you were saying, we're still high achieving yeah. like individuals. And even it, it, it makes me chuckle sometimes when I go out and I'm looking like mad chill, like I have a hoodie on, mm-hmm. I have no sweatpants and like um regular shoes and people look at me a certain way because I'm just like once I open my mouth mm-hmm. and, and you see all the all the Fournette, I can give you mm-hmm. all the big words. Please, please, please respect yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. and it's not something to like brag about or be like egotistic about, but it's to show that there is no one way that being smart or being successful or being high achieving looks like. Yeah. And I feel like you're definitely the epitome of that. Thank you. You all <laughs> So even as you were even talking about like your schools, like for me, I didn't even think to look up top schools when I did my MBA. All I knew is I wanted to be in healthcare. Mm-hmm. So I focused on schools that were primarily focused mm-hmm. on healthcare. But what, and you know, I, another experience that I feel like we probably are similar with is not having, not having a template before mm-hmm. us. Like, for me, a lot of the things that I have achieved, Mm -hmm. I've been the first one to Mm -hmm. do so. So, navigating that course, you know, got difficult at times. Mm So, you know, I would want to hear what your experience has been with that. And I think for me, it has been, and it is why I jumped to do and help for people, because, like, I've only gotten here by way of people doing that for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I have only been able to, like, chart waters that have been unfamiliar to me by, like, being in close relationship with people that have been there, mm-hmm. right? Because to your point, my mom has done very well for herself, but mm-hmm. like she didn't get an MBA. She's like is not as familiar with like okay, when you're applying to like these top programs, this is what's important, this is what's not. Mm-hmm. And so it has been like really relying upon the connections I've made in my mm-hmm. network to get me there. And it's mm-hmm. funny because like I literally what how I even got into the business school idea, I was like, okay, this level I have is not working. How do I improve it? And I sat and thought about okay, like where do I want to work? And mm-hmm. the companies I thought about, and I thought about okay, like where do their employees come from? So it was, mm-hmm. I, I started from where I wanted to be, and then, and then I looked back, like, how, how do I get there, right? Yeah. And it ended in business school. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that's my next step. And even with the, like, I literally just one day picked up my laptop, typed in Google, top business schools. <laughs> you know, as you were copy, saying that, I imagined that. Literally, I said, I typed, I created a self spreadsheet, copy first two, copy everything, made my columns, draw it out, and one by one, I like zero down, zero down. And it's funny because how I ended up at, were in the University of Michigan was like be the same thing I talked about earlier about people, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I know that I'm only as successful only as successful as the people I have surrounding me and the people mm-hmm. that have helped me to get here. And I use that as like my anchor for what business school made sense for me. In that, like, will I be around the people? Will I be around people that will also be invested in my success and mm-hmm. invested in the success of other people mm-hmm. in a okay. way that is meaningful? And so that's kind of how 
I arrived at that mm-hmm. and just kind of like I think that I, I always like caution people and like you and I like right I always I'm happy to jump to like introduce people but like it always bothers me when people don't take advantage of, of networking of networking right mm-hmm. like I have been to events on behalf of my firm and like let's be frank it's not that many of us right mm-hmm. so like of course whenever they have when she event, says that it's not that many black people that's <laughs> that's me. Yeah, that's me very good. It's not that many black people, not that many black women. Like, there's just not that many of us. Mm-hmm. And so I'll go there, right? And I'll be the only black person in a room, and I'll be meeting prospective candidates, people that want to work in my firm. Mm-hmm. And I'm always shocked that black people will meet me and not follow up. Mm. Right? Because in my mind, ah, the moment I see anybody, I even resume, even let you be half cast, let you be mixed. Like, I will find you. I'm mm-hmm. following up with you because in some way I'm leveraging that connection mm-hmm. to figure out how do I build a relationship that's mutually beneficial, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not always going to give me, like, be taking, taking. Yeah. But, like, how do I think about accessing or leveraging the people that are within my, like, within my vision, within my mm-hmm. line of sight to get where I need to go, right? Mm. And so, like, I think people don't do enough of that. And you're right. You're right. And I honestly think that that plays... That plays a part into your environment because, as you said, you you had people around you that kind kind of emulated that same type of character. Mm. Is what you're saying. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes I think it's also I think it's also a bit of who I am mm-hmm. too. Naturally, like, yeah, I'm a person that like I really value relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I can go without talking to somebody, but if you are a good person, if you like are somebody I hold dear to me, like. It's That's important. like us. <laughs> you know, it's important I stay connected because when you don't know tomorrow, mm. you don't know what that person can do for you, and more importantly, you don't know what you can do for them. Mm. And so that is like just my natural bias to how mm. I deal with people. Okay. So I don't know if it's a, I don't think it's a predisposition by virtue of like my environment. I think it's much more so like, just I, like nature. I like good people. Yeah. And when I meet good people, I don't want to let them go. Yeah. No, I think that makes perfect sense. But the reason why I mention that because I feel like I'm a people person. But I didn't understand leveraging your network mm-hmm. until later on in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that what what that stemmed from was my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Like, my parents weren't people, like, we didn't really have people around us. I think kind of stemming from, like, puberty on into, like, growing up and going into college and stuff like that. We didn't really have people around us. And before when we had people around us it was more like okay what can they take from it wasn't a mutual relationship Mm -hmm. so I always had the ideology that if I really want to make it in life I need to navigate that on my own Mm -hmm. and it was exactly it wasn't until honestly like until I started my MBA that I really started to leverage like networking with people and grow in regards to like where I wanted to be in life so once I realized that I was like, okay, let me leverage my LinkedIn. Let mm-hmm. me start, you know, going to these different events and stuff like that and really just, like, broadcasting myself, but also seeing people, especially women, of women, people of color, doing what I want to do and see how they got there. Yeah. So that's why I kind of, like, what, what do you think triggered that for you? Mm. Another thing I was going to say, Mo, is that, like, I think people also, like, never underestimate how much someone is willing to help. Mm. I have been shocked mm-hmm. the less people have gone yeah. through me. And it's just right. like, and I look back at it, and it, to them it's so simple. And even for me, when people are like, are profusely thinking for something, I'm like, ah. like it's something, it's so simple, it's, so, it's yeah. easy for me, right? Mm-hmm. And I realize people just underestimate somebody's, like, there are so many good people in this life, and yes. if you do not give them an opportunity to show their goodness, you will never know. Ah, so I think, that's probably going to be the title of this episode. No, but seriously, mm-hmm. I think that's what I think about. It's like, mm-hmm. If I am a good person, if I am willing to go lengths for people, why is it so absurd for me to think somebody else would do that for me? That's true. You That's know? true. And, and I so, can even—I mean, that has even been our recent experience. Mm-hmm. You know, me and Kawani actually recently just like reconnected when I moved back to the area, and you know, I—I I was looking for a church to go to. Kalani, you know, was one of the—the the funny thing is, I prayed about it, and I was like. The church that you want me to go to, Lord, let there be a connection. Mm. Like, let, you know, let there be someone who I trust that is willing to bring. And I asked multiple people about their church. Mm -hmm. You are the only person, literally, that said, hey, I'm going to this church. You want to come? You know? And I think, you know, it took me realizing that, okay, not only, you know, 
should you leverage your network and be transparent with people but also be vulnerable enough to you know open up and let people know what you're going to because you never know how they may, may be able to assist you and yeah. you know now we're here Kalani has actually helped me you know navigate my career now that you know I'm transitioning back into a direct hire um, position and being you know really where I want to be and shout I shout out to her <laughs> shout out to both of us because honestly one if I was never willing to open up it would have never transpired but if yeah. you also weren't the person you are mm-hmm. you know who knows yeah. what the outcome would have yeah. been um, but and that's that's the thing though that's what I'm saying it's like let people surprise you yeah. right and the thing is and this is what I not to get like super religious but like the God that created you mm-hmm. and created you out of the, the goodness of who he is mm. and created more people just like that. Right. Right? So why preclude wow. yourself from experiencing that? Wow. And that's so true. That's so true. And, you know, I'm happy we're having this conversation because I know there's a lot of people who I'm about to get emotional. Don't. Girl, don't, because, you know, I can't. I, can't I know, because if I start crying, Kalani's going to cry. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> but, no, I say that, you know, we we make these narratives in our, or construct these narratives in our mind that, okay, there's nobody, if you if you want to do it, you have to do it alone. Yeah. And I think that's, that's even a way even a lot of my family members are still operating. You know, and I think for me, what made me realize it wasn't working is because I saw their trajectory wasn't like increasing. Their trajectory wasn't on an uphill path. It was kind of like stagnant. So I'm like, okay, something's got to give. And I think that was kind of like my breaking point. So like, okay, let me start being opening up. Let me start opening up. And one thing I realized is that you're always going to have wounds. Oh, for sure. You're always going to have wounds, but... Exposing those wounds to people will let you know who's going to put a band-aid on it and who's going to pour salt in it. Mm-hmm. And you have to be willing to do that to know who's really in your corner. And it's risky. Mm-hmm. It's risky. Like, I won't negate the fact that it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. But my God, the reward when you do it. That's right. You know, like, it is hard. And with everything, high risk, high reward, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And I, I'm glad that you, you recognize that. And I want more people to. I want more people to be more thoughtful about, like, who can I reach out to? And the thing is, and I think a lot of people feel like they're bothering people. Mm. And that's not the case. Yeah. Like, there are people, like me, very honestly, I get excited. Like, I love, it's, it's funny because it's almost like, and I tell people this, you'll be surprised how invested people get in your growth. Yeah. To the point that it's like, almost like, okay, like, how can I do it? Because it, it feels good. Yeah. It feels good to say that, like, this person is here and I had even just a little bit to do with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it's almost like a, a, a mutually beneficial thing, right? Yeah. It's like, when I help people, I read something that was like, charity and giving is kind of selfish. It's, it's, you know, like, it's not as selfless as people construct it to be because mm-hmm. there's a part of you that does it for that feeling you get. Yeah. And that's honestly what I do it for. Yeah. Like, yes, my reward is in heaven, but on earth, I like to feel good. Yeah. You know? And the funny thing is, I'm like that way with other people. Like, if there's a way I can help you, I'm going to try my best. Mm-hmm. But... It took me a very long time to get that way about myself mm-hmm. and to be able to resist the urge to try and figure it out on my own. Yeah. And also understanding that you can navigate your way up from the network that is around you. Oh, like, I think sure. when I first started getting into like networking and reaching out to people, I was always looking at people who were like up, 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 up there, you know. And not to say anything is wrong with that. You can do that too, but you can you can do the two simultaneously. Yeah. Talk to people who are within your friend groups, mm-hmm. you know, or that are branches along that same tree mm-hmm. that are in a position that you're interested in or even just like in an area in life that you wish to accomplish or that you're looking to get to and see how they can be of assistance mm-hmm. to you. Um that's a very great point. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that kind of took us off course. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah, sorry. But I, I think it's important. And I yeah. think, like, what you were saying, too, is, like, I think people also underestimate, like, who can help them. Because mm-hmm. I feel like people think, like, what are they even doing? Like, oh, what's the CEO of this company? If it's not them doing right, I don't want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Like, but people, like, big gifts come in small packages. And mm-hmm. when it's small is by definition of their title, mm-hmm. what they do, how much they make, like, 
I anchor on like good people that I think work hard and I think are genuine mm-hmm. rather than I index for like big titles, yeah. big money. Don't get me wrong, though. I, I will try to find both if possible, but mm-hmm. like I've learned to never like judge someone's value. Yeah, and it's a learning have. experience, like you said. Like for some people, I would even say for myself, it takes that trial and error. Yeah, you know, sure. like. It wasn't until I realized, okay, aiming super high wasn't working for me. Like, well, yeah, you connected with all these people and you, your connections on LinkedIn, but it's not really getting you anywhere. And that, and that's not to any fault of anybody. Like, they're busy and they don't mm-hmm. know you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But then I start, I took it a step down. And I'm like, okay, which who's in my, who in my friend group is in in the path that. I want to go mm-hmm. or that I'm trying to transition into. And I, I think, you know, when I realized, okay, I have a lot of friends who are in this space in life is mm-hmm. when I, when the opening started to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think to be honest, Kalani, and I'm not going to get into too, too much detail within this podcast, but I will say when we left church that day, I still, like, I don't know if you noticed how hard it was for me to, like, be open, mm-hmm. but it was still, like, and that, and that's not anything against you or anybody or anybody in my friend group, because even with Tammy Lola, like, I was very, or another one of our friends, I should say, no one knows either, like, it took me a while to want to leverage my friend groups, and that's mm-hmm. not to say that you guys weren't, you know, accomplishing things, it's just... You get afraid of, like, judgment. <laughs> you know, you get afraid of thinking that, okay. Mm, and, and I think that stems from, like, just, like I said, my environment. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a situation that happened with my family, mm-hmm. you know. And so you're wondering, like, who you can trust mm-hmm. and who you can be open with and who actually, you know, will be willing to lend a helping hand to you. Um, but like I said in the beginning, it wasn't literally, it wasn't until our talk that I was like, yeah, you need to learn how to be honest and open about your wounds and know who actually is a friend and who mm-hmm. is a foe, mm-hmm. you know? And I think also just like the experience of being away for so long and being so secluded for so mm-hmm. long, like kind of played in a part in that. But I will say on this podcast, and I'm not making this about me. This is all about Kalani. But I will say um, navigating social media and keeping those relations, like not burning bridges, mm-hmm. whether intentionally or unintentionally, is very important. Yeah. Um, and if you feel like you have unintentionally burnt a bridge, be willing to be open with that person so that they know, you know, nothing was yeah intention yeah but that is our little uh sob story (laughs) but you know getting back to your career trajectory Mm -hmm. and navigating like your mba Mm -hmm. and stuff like that when you what was the other school if you don't mind me asking wharton wharton or so was wharton and ross Mm -hmm. so what once you made that excel spreadsheet and you started navigating you know how to get into these schools. How did you leverage connections and networking with that? Yeah, so first, I think I looked at the schools and I tried to figure out like, and this is what I tell people that are interested in getting their MBA, so if anybody is interested, like look at the schools and first try to figure out if there's any programming specific to any identity you have. So if it's minority, if it's like um, international, if it's like, Uh, women's specific events like try to get in on those fronts because I think that is a good foray into like how you can start making connections Mm -hmm. because I think I leverage both connections at the school and like connections outside of it within my like peer groups within work etc but that's that's one thing and I think once I like set my schools I literally like went on um, LinkedIn looked at my company and tried to see who went to these business schools Mm. very candidly and so I realized that at the time our um chief commercial officer was a Wharton grad mm. and while I like I knew of him he probably didn't know me as well but mm-hmm. I had recently um, had a very good networking conversation with one of the VPs of the firm mm-hmm. who reported to him mm-hmm. and so I like put time on with um, 
Renee De Silva, who she's, I think she's the CEO of Health Management Academy right now. Oh, wow. Very accomplished black woman. Shout out to her. And I love that. I, I love seeing accomplished black women, even like amongst my friend group. Like, once you told me you bought a house, I was like, Kalani better go. What? She better do that. But keep going. <laughs> yeah, so like, similar to what I was saying about like, you don't know, mm -hmm. like, don't don't like rob people of the chance to help you or mm -hmm. like play a role in helping you grow because i went into renee's office and i'm like yeah renee like you know obviously like great to meet you like really like inspired by you x y and z and sort of like you know i'm interested in going to business school she's like okay what school are you looking at i told her and while i'm in the office she's typing a letter she's typing an email to the guy the, wow. the chief revenue officer of our company saying like okay yeah i'm gonna like email adam silver now and like see if you can get coffee with him like he went to board and he'll be able to help you mm. and it was just like just that like that. Easy. Just that mm -hmm. easy, right? And to her, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. It took nothing from her. She sent a quick email, but like for me, it made the world of difference. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure he ended up writing on my behalf and like was very helpful throughout the process, connecting with somebody else across the firm who also went to war. And like he played a huge role in even me thinking through like business school in general, right? Mm -hmm. And it was just something as simple as like, okay, I see that I'm not directly connected to this person, but you are. Mm -hmm. I would put a bug in your ear and see what happens. Yeah. Me. And so that was incredibly helpful. And then also like looking at the schools right mm -hmm. and I just like looked at the people and to be real I like reached out to like I went there I would go to like I always I never I didn't apply to any school I mean I only ended up applying to two but I like made it a point to go to the school first mm. to see how it felt and to at least make a connection with one person mm. and I tell people this too like even though I didn't end up at like because my list it ended up being three schools mm -hmm. when I like came down to it and it mm -hmm. was Wharton, Ross, Duke in that mm -hmm. order and I went down to Duke didn't love it, didn't apply. It's still a great school. Um, but what it came down to was like the people that I was really engaging with and how what felt like community. Mm -hmm. But one thing I didn't lose sight of was the fact of realize if I end up at this school or not, this is still somebody, these are still people that like I will keep in touch with. Mm. And it's so funny how life works because there was a um, a lovely young lady I met at Duke mm -hmm. who like I connected with when I went down there, just like off of a coffee chat, like, hey, I'm a prospective MBA student, just like want to learn more about your experience lovely white woman Sarah Yunus she works at my firm now um and like didn't apply I told her I wasn't applying but like loved meeting her etc mm -hmm. fast forward like a year and a half later and she's dating one of the like partners that like was a part of the recruiting process for my firm BCG wow and it's just like and how things connect you know and I'm mm -hmm. like thank god and this is why I tell people it's like connections are so important connections and trusting so your intuition because you took the initiative to say hmm I should connect with this lady. Mm -hmm. Like, instead of just writing it off, you went forward and was like, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And it's just like, you never know who is who. And mm -hmm. that is why I try to be very thoughtful of, one, making connections, but also sustaining them because mm -hmm. you just don't know where things go and making mm -hmm. good impressions and being yeah. thoughtful, like, to what you were saying earlier about burning bridges, mm -hmm. just being hyper aware of the fact of, like, what you do now can have ramifications in the future. Exactly. And so th that I think like having those truths always circulate my mind is what allowed me to really like leverage the people, whether they're in my direct sphere or like as an extension of the people I know in order to get to where I am today. Yeah. Wow. It, like just even the fact that you learned that earlier on is quite inspiring. I won't lie. Because for me, it's like I said, it took some time mm -hmm. like to get to that point of understanding the importance of networking and creating these connections that can potentially be beneficial for your future um but you know going back even you know to your mba program and selecting the school and you know focusing on the community that you felt i didn't even realize how important that was either until until i will always see kalani posting <laughs> on instagram with her MBA peers, and I, or were you guys like a cohort? Or, yeah, I mean, I think we call like our class, yeah. And I'm just like, man, I don't even think I talk to anybody from Johns Hopkins mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and and not to say that anything is wrong with that. I went to, I did my MBA online. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was working and then mm -hmm. I moved. So all of that experience, you know, yeah. played a part in that. But just seeing how important community is to you and how you ensure that 
in any aspect of life that you are creating these connections. Mm-hmm. I think it's very inspiring. And I think it's something that a lot of people behind us or, you know, coming up after us mm-hmm. should aspire after. Yeah. You know, it's something that I just at almost 30, damn, <laughs> I'm just learning. Sorry, I'm just, I looked at the I looked at the date, and I'm yeah. just like, man, about two weeks till thirty. But um, yeah, it's something that I'm just learning, and just as you know, seeing your growth and seeing that experience. Because I think one thing that we don't really harp on, especially in our community of Africans is the well in certain dynamics is the importance of community oh i don't know i would beg to differ i would say in certain dynamics though because i, I feel like really because i was actually just talking to one of my really good classmates about this and like we were talking about the differences in black people and how they approach professionalism or like maybe professionalism but how they approach how they help other people and mm-hmm. i was saying that you can always tell black people that are successful that grew up in areas in which they were the only one because mm-hmm. I think what that does is instills this sense of individualism that mm-hmm. allows you to operate with only you in mind mm-hmm. whereas we grew up in PG everybody looked like us or we, we all were in it together mm-hmm. we were very community oriented in that way and so for me success is defined by who I help and who is around me rather than who I am as on my own mm-hmm. and so I disagree with that because I feel like that's, like that's also true about us as Africans Yeah. how many of, how many of our parents have raised other people's children in our house yeah. you know like mm-hmm. I don't know. But I that's what I say. It, like, it really depends. Because even the episode um, that will be airing before this one, she had the experience of not really having help mm-hmm. and navigating mm-hmm. that on your own. And so I really, I think it really depends yeah. on your dynamic. Mm-hmm. But I do agree to your point that, especially with the black community, once you reach a certain height, most people are willing to bring you along with mm. them and create those opportunities and help you when you need help um, than less. But, you know, yeah. we do have, like, I feel like, for me, that was my experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in it where nobody else was really aiming for mm-hmm. the accomplishments mm-hmm. that I wanted to accomplish. So I really didn't have people to, I really didn't know, you know, who to reach out to. Not mm-hmm. saying I didn't have, I, I didn't, you know, extend my mind in that sense to know who yeah. I could reach out to and so I just started to operate in that way moving forward um, but I forgot what took us here <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about we were talking about Ross Ross yeah, so yeah, yeah. even you know I think you even just like kind of had like a Christmas shindig. yeah with my Ross roommate mm-hmm. yeah and, before I left um, not to cut you off, but before I left, I literally was like at graduation. I sat back and like they like they know I sometimes get emotional when I think about it because I literally said I did not expect to love you all this Aww. much. Like I did, I had no intentions. I had no idea that I would fall. Like before I even was applying to like Ross and University of Michigan, it was like oh, Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. I know I've been to Detroit, but <laughs> where is this Ann Arbor? You know, like mm-hmm. never. The I only Ann Arbor I know is in Bowie, Maryland. <laughs> I didn't even. Oh, that one I don't even know. Like I didn't even think about where I was going. Mm-hmm. I was just more so like, this is a great school. I met some great people. It'll be a great time. And every single expectation was exceeded. Like, oh my god, you know, like. And I think oh that that plays part to following your intuition and just following your heart and being willing to kind of like walk into the wilderness and seeing what happens happens. because you chose to take the risk and say you know even though I don't know anybody here or I don't know what my experience will be let me try and figure it out as Mm -hmm. time goes along because in all honesty, it could have been the exact opposite but it turned out to be a really great experience for you and I think sometimes we become risk adverse mm-hmm. the higher we try you know the oh, higher we sure. aim we come become more risk adverse but from my understanding that's probably the point where you should be less adverse to risk and well i mean it's depending tricky. on this yeah it's tricky because i think like, it depends the past two years have been the most humbling like as many wins as you think you see there's been plenty of losses right mm-hmm. 
And but I think that's that's life. That's like life. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is I didn't experience them at this magnitude until I got into this space because mm. I'm always the kind of person. And while like I can be successful, I'll achieve a lot of things. To be very real and not in a like boastful kind of way, I work so hard that when I'm going for something, I'm pretty confident that I'll be able to get it. Because mm. it's like I there's no reason why I should not work mm-hmm. except for life and faith. Yeah, right? like I work so hard at things and I go and get them and I get them because of how hard I work. Mm. Ah, business school taught me you walk, 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 walk. You like die for walk and you will not get it. You know, <laughs> as you're saying that, I was even thinking I'm like sometimes life will humble you, like. I think even when I decided to kind of shift my career trajectory, that was my experience. Mm-hmm. That I like, I came from being so confident that mm, all I need to do is get the interview, I got the job. Like, mm-hmm. well, all I need to do is apply, and I got it. Like, all I need to do is let the person see me or speak to mm-hmm. me, and I got it. That because that used to be my experience, mm-hmm. but then mm, it shifted how, <laughs> <laughs> and my confidence went boop 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 down. Mm-hmm. And it really took me, you know, going on some type of self-healing journey mm-hmm. to realize and really looking into my inner man and figuring out, okay, what really, what do I, what am I supposed to learn from this experience? Yeah. Like, this isn't just, a, this, I'm not having this loss or these losses for no reason. Like, this is happening for a reason. So, how, would you feel that way about your experience? Oh, for you know? sure. Because, like, the first, and, like, when I think about the past, what, three years, the first, like, loss or the first, like, L, I guess I could say, was when, so when I was applying to business school, I'm the kind of person, I literally only applied to one school, because I was like, this is it or I die here. Mm-hmm. And it was, well, it was two schools, but I was like, okay, round one, I'm going to do Wharton. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm like, okay, if I get into Wharton, you don't need to do nothing else. Right? Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going to go. When I got waitlisted, I remember I found out while I was at work. And, like, I was with one of my, like, very close, like, I call her my work bestie. She had never seen me cry like that. Like, mm. I, I call my mom. So, I call all my mom was to hear me just crying uncontrollably. And she's panicked. She's in Nigeria. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have to come. I have to come. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? So, when I finally was able to say I was witnessed, all I hear my auntie around her, like, <laughs> <laughs> And my mom moved away, like, don't do that. Don't do that. And my mom was like, ah. My mom, is that why you're crying? I'm like, yes, mommy. Because to her, it's like, and of course, with experience, she's experienced so many like things that haven't worked out for her. Mm-hmm. To her, it's like, is this something that you're yeah, just move on? About? But in my mind, it was like the end all be all. Because yeah. it's like, damn, you mean to tell me I can work so hard, study so long for these tests, do all the things, write upon write upon this essay, try, do all the things, and I can still not get something? Mm. That's when I was like. <laughs> It's like not really how <laughs> not they said it is gonna be, mm-hmm. and that's it. Took it took me taking a step back from myself and being like, okay, Kalani, like what is happening? Yeah, is this where you need to be? And I like had gone to visit Ross like a week or so before I had even applied to Wharton, and I remember being like, damn, is this my school? Like, is this where I'm supposed to be? Like, I it was such it a felt like it home. felt like home. Every time I visited Ross before I went there, I like left in tears because mm. it just felt. Like, that was where I was supposed That's to be. Good. And there was something about my mind that could not let Wharton out of sight, mm-hmm. even though I felt like Ross was where I was supposed to be. And so mm. it's like, God made a decision for me because he knew I was not going to be able to do it on my own. Yes. And it's funny that you even talk about that, because I can even say the same about, like, my my job search um, predicament. Because I had an experience where literally, same title, same type of position, Probably less pay, but, you know, I just, it, I got to the end, you know, they told me I'm the top candidate and then boom, all of a sudden, oh, we have to move forward with other people. I said, mm-hmm. eh? And I, at the time I was like seven months pregnant. So imagine the tears. I, but the thing is, I will always turn those tears into like prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, God, you, you told me, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is where I'm at. Wow, the fact that you can do that is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> uh-huh. But, um, yo, I'm, I, they probably don't know what we talk about. Kalani is the queen of being able to multitask. <laughs> but if you see what she's doing now, someone that can be looking at you and talking to you. <laughs> wow. But, um,. Um, you know, to then go to go through this new experience, mm-hmm. and it's technically a better company, a better pay, same 
similar titles, similar type of position, but it was literally so seamless. Mm -hmm. Shows that, as you talked about before we started recording, that when something is meant for you, is for you. Like, no one can take that away from you. Mm-hmm. So. so, you know, I think that's a story that that experience is something that I would like a lot of us to meditate on. You know, like, sometimes you have experience, you face losses that aren't, you know, what you thought would be your experience or aren't what, you know, you would have wished for but everything happens for a reason and I think I can even speak for Kalani you know in regards to her experience with Ross that when you are you know when something is for you it's going to work out and not only would it work out it will be the best experience that you it will be the best experience that you ever had and I feel like that was kind of like your experience to Ross for sure well, I, I always try to keep this thing a tight hour. So I will ask, yeah, yeah. we're at 50 minutes. Now. Okay. So, you know, kind of fast forwarding now, you've graduated from Ross. You're at um, BCG, Boston Consulting Group. Um, how do you feel? Some days, to be very honest, I wake up and it's like, damn, what happens when you get the dream and mm-hmm. all you want to do is go back to sleep. Mm. Because sometimes I'm so tired and it's like, <laughs> damn, is this the life I worked so hard for? But then I balance that with gratitude, right? Because like, obviously it's a privilege, it's a blessing to be where I am. And so it's just like trying to balance the like, damn, this is a lot, this is an adjustment, this is a new thing, but this is also something that is an incredible privilege. Mm-hmm. So like balancing that gratitude. So like I'm constantly ebbing and flowing between like exhaustion and gratefulness mm. i think they they're not mutually exclusive right they can both coexist but yeah. i think that's where i'm at and then also thinking about like what does like because i think as you kind of get into the spaces that you envision for yourself and like step closer to what you think success means it starts to change a bit more mm. so i'm having that moment too where it's like well the success i thought i wanted two years ago might not be the one i want now mm. and so what does the path is ever changing it's ever changing mm-hmm. so like that's where i'm at like grateful working but figuring out like what's next what's next Mm -hmm. it could be this right Mm -hmm. like there are times where i'm like yeah i can stay and i want to be a partner here and there are times where it's like no i want to go marry rich so it's like (laughs) there's a there's a world of possibilities you know like there's a world of possibilities so Mm -hmm. that's where i am okay so now that we've talked about all of that i kind of want to change gears and speak about the experience of Kalani that we spoke about in the beginning. <laughs> May I go party hard? Because <laughs> I, I feel like some of that exhaustion even comes from the fact that, I mean, for me, on the outside looking at him, Kalani don't sleep. I Kalani don't, don't sleep. I, that's not, it's she, not as, I don't She sleep. go to walk, and then you will see her in Greece holding <laughs> a bottle of wine. Then you will see her in Cowdis <laughs> doing Beyonce dance <laughs> so you know really you know give some I don't want to call it background but give some emphasis on that party harder you know that yeah. you talked about because I think you know one thing that we leaned on in the beginning of this conversation is how you can work hard but you can play hard too like you you are able to you should be able to enjoy yeah. the fruits of your labor sure. so yeah and like i told you earlier too for me, and also like, sorry before we get into it i also want to ask you because i know one thing that i saw before you started at bcg you did a lot of traveling mm-hmm. you, I, I think you kind of like toured europe or oh, something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. so kinda, yeah so you know expand on that and being mm-hmm. someone who like especially before you knew you're starting this very difficult position mm-hmm. you made sure to enjoy yourself yeah yeah and like me and my were talking earlier like my 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 motto or the, the the creed i hold true to is like i work too hard to have this life and not enjoy it so mm-hmm. i think that's why i try to find pockets to to really appreciate like the fact that i'm still breathing because like, this life is only one mm-hmm. so i really do try to make the most of it but i think it's about like deciding what gives mm. Because to your point, I actually don't sleep. Like there yeah. are times, like I think I don't know if you remember the time I went to the Lamy concert that Sunday night. Yes, I think you, it was like four a.m. This seven a.m. She's booking. I was like, what? Kalani, what? That and it's, there's like 
you decide what that something is. For me, I decided to sleep. You know, like, like I sleep when I die. Right now, like I do, I don't like run off of nothing. Like I do try to get some level of rest. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just have realized that like if the things that the things that are important to me is like living the life that mm-hmm. I want to live, but also like working so that I can afford this yeah. life. And, and I feel like some of the stuff that you do, like exploring and traveling and stuff, some of that plays a part into rest in a sense that you are you are gaining experiences. Yeah, gaining experiences. And some of it plays into like professionalism too because yeah. I remember one time I went to the bygones just for a night on the town to be drinking on a rooftop, having a good time. And I run into this old, like not old, <laughs> this like middle-aged white couple. And they were just having a conversation with me and one of my guy friends and like, oh, like have you guys been here before? And it was like, oh, like, I haven't been here, but he has, and mm-hmm. he's talking through that or whatever. Fast forward like an hour later, we're sitting at a table. They send like two bottles over our way, and we're like, I'm like, ah, I'm not, I'm not doing both tonight. So who cares? Who likes her bottle? And they're like, the lady is like, oh no, the guy over there sent them. And I look, and it's the white guy that we mm-hmm. were talking to earlier. And so like I put on my professional hat, and I'm like, hi, because I'm like, money must be flowing. If you can so, do that, if you can do that, just without like thinking twice. So I go over there, and I'm like, hi, like you know. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure, like to like talk again, like you know, just trying to catch up. Whatever. I'm like, yeah, is it okay if I follow you on LinkedIn? Like, well, let's continue the conversation further, learn a bit more about you. And him and I have spoken twice now. And when I tell you, this man makes millions a month. Wow. And like we text each other, like that is a connection I've made now, all because I went to go and do drinks. Mm-hmm. You know, so like there's ways in which my turn up and my fun kind of like helps you, helps yeah, me in some ways too. helps so, you navigate in your networking. Yeah, like my mom doesn't care to hear that. Right? So I'm like, <laughs> so like always out, always out. But, like, the reality is is you never know who you can meet. And you exactly. won't meet anybody if you're not out there. Tell them, So, that's, that's part of it. And, like, you Moji knows me. I love vibes. I love enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So, like, anywhere I can find it, whether it's here, whether it's Bali, I'll go and find it. I feel. <laughs> I feel. And I think that's something I also need to, I need to, I needed to hear that myself, too. Because I, I am in this space in life where I want the best of both worlds. Now, I feel like. For so long in my life, I was work, 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 hustle, 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 and I didn't really get to enjoy experience, mm-hmm. especially, like, enjoy, like, friendships and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I didn't realize until, like, honestly going through therapy that I didn't really, like, cherish the friendships that I made. So mm-hmm. now I'm kind of in this transition in life where mm-hmm. I want to have more experience and build more memories mm-hmm. with my friendships and certain family members and things of that nature. And really just kind of like change that um, dynamic for yeah. me. Um, but yeah, you know, there I know there are many people, even myself, that need to hear that. Yeah. So yeah. I guess, you know, now that we're coming to the end of this, one thing that the last thing I would like to ask is what would you tell your younger self? Mm. That's a really good question. The first thing that popped into mind, because I don't want to think about it too hard and I don't want to change it, is being strong is not the strength you think it is. Mm. Like, growing up, I think there are definitely times in my life where I just was like, I have to be strong, I have to persevere, I can't not be okay. And I think, like, while it it fortified who I am in terms of being resilient, Mm -hmm. I think it also fortified my inability to, like, be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Mm. And I think, like, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing the importance, and we talked about this, mm-hmm. I'm realizing the importance of that. Like, yeah. it is okay not to be okay, and there will be people that will be there for you. Yeah. And so that is something. Like, I wonder how... I'm a loving person. Mm-hmm. I think I'm kind, but I wonder how different I could be if I had known that earlier. Mm. I want to hug you, because I feel like that... <laughs> no, honestly, because I feel like that, especially our demographic of people of women you know um african girls growing up in you know this cultural aspect and different environments that's something that i think almost every person that i've had an episode with has talked about Mm -hmm. like that is our experience and learning that and being able to unlearn that Mm -hmm. about yourself is something that i think is very important yeah so Colin, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yes, I wholeheartedly enjoyed this conversation, and I think it will be an inspiration, not only to myself, because I'm definitely going to re-listen to it. I feel like, (laughs) no, you you actually shared some gems that Mm -hmm. even me, myself, that I want to kind of like listen to again, but others, you know, can learn from as well. So... 
I don't know. Do you mind if people follow you on LinkedIn? Or? Oh, for sure. I mean, you're going to probably put my name, but yeah. like Kalani Abby, K-A-L-A-N-E, last name A-B-B-E-Y, want to go to business school, want to work at the Boston Consulting Group or any other kind of similar firm, like, message me, whatever, happy to Well, even if you just have aspirations to do anything, I feel like Kalani, Kalani has so many people in her Rolodex <laughs> that, no, for real. <laughs> If you just want to build your network, reach out to Kalani on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm happy, happy to serve in any way possible. Awesome. Well, this has been a great experience, Kalani. Of course, Momo. To my fellow diaspora daughters, until next time.